Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Volume. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together. So you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. How have fans across the country been amping up the excitement every college football Saturday this season? Well, they've been playing Colin Cowherd's Saturday spreads on FanDuel for a free shot at big prizes. And for those who missed out on the fun earlier this season, there's still time to start playing. The game's simple. We'll choose 10 of college football's biggest matchups each week, make your picks against the spread for each one, and the fans who get the most right win a share of $5,000 in prizes. That's a share of five grand in prizes up for grabs every week. Here's a couple that I like this week. Uh, you can give me Arkansas minus five and a half at home. They got something to prove. Mississippi State is Jekyll and Hyde with Mike Leach. Big win for uh, State over Kentucky, but I think Arkansas Arkansas bounces back off a bye week uh, and wins by six or more there. Give me Michigan State minus two and a half against Purdue. I think Purdue's already slayed their giant for this year. Mel Tucker's got Michigan State rolling big win uh, over Crosstown rival Michigan last week. Give me Kentucky minus two and a half. Getting off the mat against the Tennessee team. Uh, mentioned the earlier win for Mike Leach and them. Kentucky just played their worst game. Will Levis, the quarterback, played his worst game. But you can give me Kentucky bouncing back as well, minus two and a half uh, this weekend. Go to FanDuel.com slash Saturday Spreads or download the FanDuel app to check in on Colin and Mai's weekly picks and to get your picks in before kickoff for your free shot at $5,000 in prizes. No purchase necessary. Age restrictions apply depending on location. Void where prohibited. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show. So thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. 
to, to quote Bruce Willis from Die Hard, welcome to the party, pal. We're here on Tuesday, live from the College Football Hall of Fame, the palace, as we call it. Shout out to the College Football Foundation, National College Football Foundation, and the Football Writers Association of America. And yes, the rumors are true. It is my birthday today. Not that that really matters, but it is kind of sweet. It does I, I do want to say, I, I do want to say, I've stopped looking at it ever since I turned thirty, which not long ago. I've stopped counting the age in years. It's levels now. And I'm talking about this on the show. I love this. This morning, I achieved level 32. That's why if I run into somebody, they're like, yeah, I'm 77. It's like, dude, you're going to fight the boss in like (laughs) 10 years. You're geared up. I'm fighting like, I'm turning 32, so I'm fighting like the first, you know, kind of underboss. Then you get to like the boss. Then you get to like Bowser. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really starting to believe when you get in your 90s, you're legitimately fighting You're getting through the heart of the map right now. That's exactly right. We're finding out where things are. Need to go ahead and load up to get ready for the big one. But level 32, pretty excited about it. Thanks, I appreciate it. Let's see us cranes. We don't make it past level 60 a lot, so I'm trying to break break the narrative, man. I'm trying to get up there. But speaking about breaking the narrative, and, and I want to get to the rundown of the show. Then I want to get to Cincinnati and I want to talk a little bit about Alabama. We all know the college football playoff comes out tonight. The, the first rankings, even though they'll change as we go. Uh, I'm going to talk about Cincy. I'm going to talk about Alabama and where they should be. Those things kind of go hand in hand. Trevor Sikama is going to join us as well. Excited to bring him on. We're going to talk some quarterback uh classes in the NFL. Which one of these quarterbacks? Matt Corral, uh, Malik Willis, go down the list, Ritter. Uh, there's a bunch of guys' names on there. We want to see who is the best, who we think will be the best NFL quarterback. Mine's pretty obvious, but we're going to do our top 12. This has been a smash hit. We're taking our top 12. I'm going to give you a hint. There's four SEC teams in there, and we're going to show you what the playoff scenario would be like in our minds with our top 12 teams today. And it's a lot of fun. We're going to look at the matchups. We're going to go through the bracket. Then Barrett Sally from CBS Sports HQ is going to join us. We're going to talk about the playoff as well, the SEC West. And would you take Oregon or Ohio State? But I think we got to see how this ends first, and you'll hear that. It's pretty good. And then at 4 o'clock, the story we just cannot get over that's just sweeping the nation, Monkey Gate 2021. Jeff Banks, the poll assassin. And, you know, it's the first time that Texas has held on to anything this year. And we're going to explain that wow. to you in the wow. end. And we're going to give you the bets for tonight. I'm using that joke like I three or four you, times. I see what you see what I did, though. You see what I did. You said let that one sink in. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to give our bets for tonight. There's four games, I think. Three. Three, three games. Three games. Three. We got some Mac- bunch of barn burners, boys. Heavy action. This is where you get in. We're going to see if we can't continue parading and stomping through the college football betting world. 117 and 84 right now. Let's keep it going. But I want to start with Cincinnati. And watching this team. I want to go ahead and tell you up front. They should not be in the top four. I don't think they're they're. I have them as eight in the top ten, and it was tough for me to put them there because you have to look at the way that they're playing. And you have to, number one, you have to say, great on Cincinnati, and they're overachieving, and it's great for Luke Fickle. He's an incredible coach. They're going to the Big 12, and they have a good team. But they do not have one of the best teams in the country. And the argument against it will be, oh, well, they're undefeated, and they did all they had to do. Well, when you look at who have they beaten, Notre Dame's not that good of a football team. I don't care what anybody says. Who Really, who have we got to see Cincinnati against and say, you know what? These guys deserve to be in the top four. You don't automatically get a pass for going undefeated if you don't play anybody. And you're looking the way that Cincinnati looks right now. Really ask yourself, if you watch college football and you've watched Cincinnati, not just heard about Cincinnati, but you've actually watched them, and you watched them against Navy, And then you watched them against Tulane, and you've seen kind of that downward trajectory that they're playing with. 
How can you grandfather them in and say you're better than Oregon? You're better than Ohio State? You're better than, you know, three or four of the French teams, even more than that? I mean, Michigan beat Cincinnati. Ole Miss beat Cincinnati. Oklahoma State beat Cincinnati, in my opinion. And if you let them in there and you say, okay, sorry, one loss Oregon, or sorry, one loss Ohio State, I would never schedule a good team out of conference again. I'd never do it again if I was a big school. I would never do it again because you're rewarding a team while they may be undefeated. That, that's fantastic. That, that's good. Good job. But you don't just get in by going undefeated when you don't play anybody. That's not how this works. That's why the 12-team playoff is beautiful. But Cincinnati, while their trajectory from where Cincinnati has been, has rocket shipped. It's unbelievable what they've been able to achieve. And that's great. And they're the best group of five team that I've ever seen but they're not a top four team. To me, Cincinnati should not control their own destiny right now. They need more dominoes to fall because you cannot watch the way they played. And I use the eye test. I'm going to watch. I watch, accumulate it, aggregate the work from a season, and make a decision. And if you're watching Cincinnati right now and you think they're a top four team, I hate to tell you, you're wrong. And you'll have all these people that come out in the media and everybody that loves the, oh, well, here we go, group of fives getting screwed over again. Well, I hate to tell you, they're not as good as Georgia. They're not a good, as good as Bama. They're not as good as Michigan State. They're not as good as Michigan. They're not as good as Auburn. They're not as good as AM. They're not as good as Ole Miss. They're not as good as Oregon. They're not as good as Oklahoma State. There's a bunch of teams that are they're not as good as Baylor. And you can go down the list. If they played Kentucky, who are you picking? Next week, if Cincinnati plays Kentucky on a neutral field and you are objective, you're not biased either way, who are you picking? I'll do you one better. I'll tell you one better. Florida plays Cincinnati next week. Who are you picking? There are four lost teams that are better than Cincinnati. And I'm sorry. That's the way the world works. You don't get a handout for going undefeated and not playing anybody. If that was the case, then I could make the case for five or six teams. Why isn't UTSA in? Why is, U- why is UTSA not in the, in the Final Four then? If that's the prerequisite. But everybody loves a good story. Not only that, everybody loves a good underdog story. And Cincinnati coming up from the depths and being considered elite is a great story. But there are a lot of different types of stories. But this type of story is a fictional story. And fiction is not reality. And to say that Cincinnati is the top four team in the country right now is not reality. So that's where I sit on Cincinnati. Now, could a bunch of dominoes fall and and they get in there? Yes. But if the college football playoff committee puts Cincinnati in their first rankings in the top four, you are going off hope. You are going off a narrative. And you're not using your best judgment when you're looking at the best teams in college football. And I'm sorry to Cincinnati. Congrats on the success. But go schedule some more guys. I know you look at Indiana and you say, okay, well, that's a Big Ten team that's scheduled. Indiana was losing to Ohio State 44 to 7 at halftime. 44 to 7 at halftime. Cincinnati deserves, if they go undefeated, to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, just like they did last year. And Georgia beat them with six opt outs, I think. And it's been a great story with Desmond Ritter. But that's all it is a great story. It's not a story about an elite team. It's a story about the rise of a team that's trying to be elite, and they're not there yet. What do you guys think? You say they're a good story. I'll tell you what else is a good story. Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest is a good well, story. Why no one's it, putting them two. Then, then why no one's putting yeah. them two then or three. That's exactly right. Same okay. thing with UTSA. So here's what you say. You say that Cincinnati is going to the Big 12 soon, right? Yep. 
Had they been there this season, they would have already had to play Oklahoma. Easy. Texas. Easy. Baylor. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State. Maybe TCU, right? And then you're going to have to play in a conference championship. We'll know. You'll know. How many losses would they have this year if they're in the Big 12? If they're in the Big 12, I think right now they have at least, at least two uh, losses. Yeah, at least two or three. And you beat a Notre Dame team, that is not good. Don't give me Notre Dame. The, the, like, it's, it's a joke. It's not good. Like, and look, the but fact it's that a good win for them. Look, you, if you're Cincinnati, you have to be excited that you beat Notre Dame. Yeah, you have to be excited sure. that you're undefeated. Yeah. I want to take anything away from these players. It's the it's the external, right? It's the ancillary, the media and stuff that are putting them number two in the nation. That's what we have a problem with, right? Yeah. For the players, they've done what's been asked of them. Congratulations. I know it's all. if you play for Cincinnati, that's awesome. You be Indiana like they should be excited mm-hmm. but we're talking about the top four spots in the country here yeah this is a different threshold right here if you want to get in the playoffs and you can look at Cincinnati go back through every game that's fine go back through every game you can look at Cincinnati and know that they're not a top four team and mine it might not even be a top 17 they don't have enough Ritter in my opinion hasn't had the best year I thought we'd have a little bit He's better not year playing very his well accuracy right now. down the field has not looked good and you I think Tulane was in there with like their third string quarterback and had chances to come back in that game and make it a make it a game and the Navy game too was a seven point game and Navy blew some chances to win that game SMU will be a huge game I'm telling but you right I now I wish I could have watched him play Houston I, I know SMU that game, they play the way they've been playing SMU will beat them SMU will beat them they'll just outscore them now what if Cincinnati goes and beats SMU who is a good team by two touchdowns what 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 then not enough well, again again SMU's got a loss but okay it's very simple to me we our goal is to get the best four teams in, right? That that's the goal. Yes. Get the four teams in that have a chance to win it, that have a good enough resume that lines up with it. Let's play this game. Take Alabama and Georgia out of it, because that wouldn't even be close. I don't think some of these other ones would be close. If Cincinnati played Ohio State, and I'll ask you guys, who wins? Ohio State. If, if they played Ohio State, mm-hmm. seventeen yeah. and a half point spread. I bet. Come on, Michigan that's a State. Blowout. Michigan State. Michigan who wins? State beats them. Mm-hmm. Michigan. I'll, let y'all, I'll, let I'll take Michigan take on that. I take Michigan on that. I take sure. Michigan on it. I take Michigan on that. Ole Miss, healthy Ole Miss. I'm Ole Miss right now. Mm. Ole Miss Ole beats Miss them right now. Good the other I'm day. telling you, they beat them right now. Mm. Ole Miss beats them right I feel now. Like that game would be tighter than people would think. No, they uh-huh. be, that Ole Miss. I, I'm telling you, Ole Miss scored 40 points. I'm just telling you. Beat up, man. Ole Look, Miss is beat up. I don't up. care. Well, a beat up SEC team compared to what Cincinnati is right now, it's about on par. Yeah, well, I would say it'd be a good game, and that's a beat up Ole Miss. And now, it, if they hadn't played Notre Dame yet, would you say? I don't even think they could well, beat I've Notre Dame. Well, I've watched Notre Dame. I mean, yeah. Notre Dame had to survive to beat Florida, Florida State, State yeah. who lost to a Jacksonville State team at home. Now I know they've kind of turned it around and, and you know transferred property this, that, and the other. But tell me, is Notre Dame a top ten team to y'all? No. Who's the, who have they beaten? Who has Notre Dame beaten? Nobody. Nobody. That offensive line, they lost a lot of offensive line last year. The offensive line been a disaster. And we they love really our guys. Have a that, they have a, a decent running uh, game, but the, the, yeah. and that's it. I don't believe in, in Jack Cohn, David's yeah. brother. Yeah. Just kidding. It's not you. <laughs> but, no, it's it, it's a great segue, and I want to get to the Booster Club on this. We're going to get Trevor Sikama from PFF in here to talk about some quarterbacks in a minute. But that brings me to my next point. Bama's got to be number two, right? They've got to be number two. Yes. Yes. They have to be. It's not close. It's not close well, to me. I, I don't know if – You can man, say – Ohio listen, State, I don't think I it's a can, runaway I, no, between I, I think the Ohio difference right between now. Alabama and Ohio State is a lot closer than the difference between Alabama and Georgia. For sure. But the only other team I could put it to right now, well, really the only two other teams, in my opinion, you could make an argument for two. You could say Ohio State, but Michigan State, that, that you could yes. make an argument for them at number two. Chris Storing had him at number two. But if Michigan State play, plays Bama, I think Bama wins by 10 or more. Well, you did say it best. Look, Ohio State hasn't really – 
beaten anyone great yet. Their mm-hmm. schedule is back heavy, right? They're going to have Michigan State yeah. and Michigan back-to-back at the very last two games of the year and then have to go to the conference championship. Alabama's already run kind of a gauntlet and had to play a Florida team who got up. And they're not in done the yet. East, yeah. And they're not right? done with theirs yet. So I do agree with that. I just have personally watched this movie with Ohio State year after year. They trend late. Well, they trend all the time, really. Yeah. <laughs> they just beat people, you yeah. know? So I, it'd be, I think it'd be close. But, yeah, I'd have Alabama, too. Yeah, and, and, and people make – I'm just telling you guys, and I don't think they'll do it, but if the committee comes out and puts Cincinnati number two in the playoff, I'm a riot. They can't do it, right? You can't do Not it. Two. I can't, wouldn't four, be four surprised. You wouldn't be surprised. If I'd be so surprised. Or two or three? I'll if be- they put them two or th- if they put them four, okay, I get it a little bit. But if you put them two or three, you're just you're reading fairy tale books. Yep. You you might this might as well be Cinderella four. Step up three, whatever. Step, just fiction. Step up eight. Step step up eight. Let's dance again. Whatever it's called. <laughs> But, no, to me, it's not even close. And, again, right now, I'll continue to say that while I think Georgia is at the mountaintop, obviously, mm-hmm. I still got to have Bama second. Sure. I still got to well, have Well, you second. wouldn't – I mean, that's right. I think the difference kind of in Bama and Ohio State is the quarterback. I like Bryce Young more than I like to C.J. Stroud. Hey, we, we got Trevor Sickham. We're going to bring him in in a second, Blaine. We got some donations, though, I believe. Yeah, we got a $4.99 donation from Jordan West. Jordan <laughs> Wild Wild West. It says, with coaching, coaching jobs becoming open in the middle of the season, how long till we see coaches take those jobs? in the middle of the season for a start on early signing day. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see that. I, I don't th- th- see that's something to me that, that it's apropos. You know, now, look, the only time I think you'd see it is if a coach was taken, like going from like La Monroe to USC yeah. or something. You're not going to see it from like Penn State to USC. Or USC, USC to, to Georgia Southern. Southern. That's ex- Clay Helton got the job. It's a great hire a for Georgia Southern. Southern. That we'll was have, nice. We'll keep the the uh, chat posted on that one. Yeah, we yeah, will. We'll and, and you are the Prince of Statesboro. We'll see. So, we'll see. So you I do have know. calls out. He does. He does. You think Clay, you, you, Clay called you earlier. but you, Well, we you, were texting. Yeah, we were, y'all were texting. And then he called you. We didn't have time for it. Yeah, without a doubt. But no, I don't. that's something I don't think a trend you'll see from at least programs that are at least on the same plane, let alone sure. a big program to another big program yeah. or a huge program to a it, big program. You know, it takes away from the kids who are still trying to finish a yeah, season it's, strong. It's a bad know? look to me. Yeah. It, it's a bad look if you go from La Monroe to, to USC halfway through the season for me, but at the end of the day, I can understand that a lot more than you leaving Penn State week yeah. eight. I could understand that. You know, you take it a lot. I mean, go get breaded, my guy. Yeah, go go get breaded. Strike while the iron's hot, but everybody else, you know, let's let, let's be professional about it. Speaking of professionals, mm-hmm. from professional football focus, also known as PFF, pro football focus, we're going to sick, sick one of our best on him with Trevor Sickema. Let's get Trev in here. There he, there is. he is. Trevor, what's up, bud? What's going on, guys? That's uh, that's probably the most creative intro that I've had so far Look. this season. Right here. <laughs> hey, listen, really we gotta be yeah, we, we gotta be good at something. So we, we kind of hang our head. It's it's like a it's like reading a Dr. Seuss book on here. Sometimes you don't know uh, what's gonna go on. But you know, Trevor, and, and we're gonna talk about the playoff more and this, that, and the other. But I want to kind of focus in on this quarterback class because to me, I think it's very interesting. And you see guys moving up, you see guys moving down. How would you, before we get into the nitty gritty, just projecting it, and we got a long way to go. How would you rate this quarterback class? Uh, going into the 22 draft? Um, not great. Uh, I mean, mm. there's there's a lot of quarterbacks that I think you can get excited about, right? Malik Willis from Liberty is somebody that you can get excited about. Uh, Matt mm. Corral is kind of the same way. But 
they're not to the level that we've seen, especially over the last couple of years in the NFL draft. And we've been spoiled, right? The last couple of quarterback classes really since 2018, it's been a little bit of an up and down, but generally we've been pretty spoiled. We've had a lot of first round quarterbacks who we've been able to convince ourselves that a lot of these guys have been franchise guys. And that just really doesn't exist this year. You know, I went through a mock draft exercise where I put out my first mock draft a couple of weeks ago and I didn't have my first quarterback go off the board until number 11. And it was the watch. Really? Yeah, and, and it was Malik Willis. And look, I, I'm fully aware that if that were to happen, if we didn't get a quarterback in the top 10, that would be the first time that it happened since 2013 when EJ Manuel went 16th overall. And that was literally <laughs> the only time that that happened since 2001. So for us in this age to not get a quarterback to go top 10, I mean, that'd be borderline unprecedented here in the 2000s era of football. And so I'm not so sure that's the case, but I did it to say like, hey, you know, I, I think there are certain things to like about these quarterbacks, but there is not even a surefire top 10 quarterback, let alone a guy that could go number one overall. And so really, that's just kind of where it is. That's the overall point of it. There's some guys to like, but it's not like anybody's really jumping out at you that you really want to get in that top five, top three area. Man, I find that fascinating. And, and you know, from 20 and 20, uh, 2020 and 2021, Trevor, who the hell knows what's going to happen now with all the craziness. So having a quarterback not taken in the top 10, while that does sound kind of out there and, and it hasn't happened in a while, it's a possibility. But there's there's a few a few things that I look at, and, and I want your analysis on this, because I, I watch Zach Wilson, okay, who I think is going to be a good player. I mean, you need anybody that judges a, a rookie quarterback that's going in and playing the NFL has no idea what they're talking about. They're trying to – Steve Young had a great quote last night on Monday Night Football. He's like, they're, they, you've got to find your way through it. He's like, the good ones find their way through it. They were having the should they redshirt argument, should they not, which I believe you got to play them. If you're going to play them, play them. They need to see it because practice is great. You can't simulate what's going on in that field. But I look at a comparison, and, and I'm, I'm kind of falling short and understanding, and maybe you can help help me the difference really in what makes Zach Wilson so much better than Matt Corral because when I watch him I see a lot of similarities uh, and I'm just I I can't find a huge difference in between the two that would let Zach go so high and let Matt slip yeah I think the overall success the team had with BYU I think is something that that everybody loved through Wilson and you know Wilson was playing behind a fantastic offensive line he mean he had a lot of experienced weapons that he was throwing to and so he made it look easy like that confidence that oozing confidence something that we love from Joe Burrow the year before is something that just everybody loved about Zach Wilson and Matt Corral does that but I think it's a little different uh you know when you look at Matt Corral I think the biggest worry with Corral is who would you want to play for if you're a quarterback in college football of any offensive-minded coach? I think a lot of people would say Lane Kiffin, right? Yeah. Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln those Riley. are those two guys yeah. that are up there. And they're up there for a reason because they make their system very oh, – man, saying easy seems like a, seems like a backhanded compliment. But to, to say that, it, Lane Kiffin just designs things for his quarterbacks that make mm-hmm. it very easy to read, that really exploit – college defenses and there is some worry out there about wondering what happens when that crowd gets out of that lane kevin system and when it goes much more towards the nfl especially because you know he's definitely a weapon with his legs as well he brings you both that dual threat ability and you know i think that people like that about him but they look at him and they go man how long can he hold up if he's going to consistently bring this running ability we're going to need him in the pocket a little bit more in the nfl and that's where you get a lot of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say a lot of, but you definitely get these concerns with, you like the confidence, you like the moxie, there's no doubt about it, that gravitates you towards his play style ability, but that's a worry. People look at what he has been in this Lane Kiffin style of college offense and they go, 
how replicable is that translating to the NFL, or at least how much of a learning curve, like you were saying with Zach Wilson, mm -hmm. are we going to need here for Matt Corral? Yeah. Do they have the same worry though about Malik Willis that is basically running a zone read offense and and you know forty to fifty percent of his game is running the ball and Malik's not huge. And to me, I'm going to be honest. I saw him at Auburn, Trevor. I don't know if there's been a quarterback make a bigger jump from going from one place to another. Just in every every facet i love malik's game he's had a look and and people can pick one-off games you can say louisa monroe he had three interceptions there's a full body of work there for malik willis but but where do you think malik i know you had him at 11 what is it about malik willis that puts him in the forefront right now of this recruiting class or recruiting well, class you uh qb class yeah look it's all recruiting scouting <laughs> same thing so, look nil uh, now so it's all the same thing so it doesn't matter <laughs> No, Malik presents the highest ceiling, right? And I think that that's what you get when you're looking at him. And when you find this quarterback class and you say, okay, there's not really anybody who's really convicting me that I know for sure is going to make it, you're often, your eyes are often going to go to the guy who you go, okay, well then who just presents the highest ceiling? Who do I want to bet on that might give me that? And that's really mm -hmm. Malik Willis. And he brings you that with his arms and his legs. Sure, he's not that much bigger than Matt Corral, but he's definitely giving you some more density. He's giving you more speed. He's giving you more experience as a ball carrier, not just with RPOs and with, with uh, QB draws and things like that. Like you're really designing stuff that you could do for Malik Willis on the ground. He's one of the best that we have graded here when it comes to the quarterback position. I believe he is the top graded rusher from the quarterback position this year that we have yeah. on our PFF database. I mean, if, if he's not there, he's, he's top three, he's close, whatever <laughs> it is. But I'll tell you, I watched Malik Willis. I was at a quarterback camp this summer. And I watched Malik Willis. He was there with the likes of Matt Corral, with Sam Howe, with Keaton Slovis, with DJ Uyunglele. Like, he was there with all of them. And they were helping put on this camp. It was for, for high school kids and middle school kids. So it's not like they were out there getting these real practice reps in, but there's no doubt about it. You know, when these guys are just kind of messing around before and after drills, Malik Willis picks up the ball and he fires it 40 yards down the field. And it's a rope. It's a yeah. rocket off of his wrist. And when we talk about overall arm talent, you'll hear that word a lot when it comes to scouting. Okay, well, he's got the arm talent. A lot of people look at distance and they just look at the big deep this throws and go, point. okay, this okay, that means that means that he's got the arm talent. There's two components of arm talent. Distance, sure, getting it there is important, but velocity is, I would tell you, the trait of arm talent that is less teachable. That is something that you have or you don't. Because we even look at guys, take Kyle Trask, for example, right? The biggest knock on him was, okay, well, Kyle Trask didn't really have the arm strength. You can look back on Kyle Trask's time at Florida, and you can see him cock his back, angle the ball a certain way, and get the ball 50, 55 yards down the field. And you go, okay, there he's got the arm strength. There's a difference. Yeah, you got to have the distance part of it, but that velocity, those tight windows, throwing it on a frozen rope, whether it's to the sideline or over the middle in between a linebacker and a safety, between a corner and a safety deep down the sideline, that's the stuff that really matters. And I'll tell you, that's what Malik can do better than any quarterback in this mm. class. Now, the consistency, the accuracy, the ball placement, it all still needs work. That's still really the biggest area of concern with Malik is when he sees that, when he goes to fire that rocket of an arm, will it get exactly where it needs to be? And those two things are very important for the NFL. But when you ask why you bet on Malik Willis, I'll tell you that's why. Because overall arm talent, this guy really, I think, does have the best in the class when it comes to both distance and that important mm -hmm. velocity.
Well, spin rate isn't just for pitchers. We've learned that definitely over the last couple of years yes, as well. Right, but right. Uh, Trevor, j- just just a couple more for you, and I'm going to get you out of here, brother. We're here. Uh, Trevor Sikama from uh, Pro Football Focus does a heck of a job. Always enjoy uh, getting anybody from that group on. But a couple more names for you, and I want to throw a few wild cards at you. Some may go, some may not. Uh, Desmond Ritter and and uh, Pickett right now uh, from yeah. Pittsburgh. When you look at Ritter, we were talking about this earlier, and Kenny Pickett. For some reason, I want to call him Kyle Pickett, and I don't know why. I don't know, I know why, why I want to do that. Do we know somebody named Kyle, P- Kyle Puckett? Puckett. Oh, there, that's, there it is right there, doing some investigating work. Uh, Kenny Pickett and, and uh, Desmond Ritter. I want to start with Ritter. Has, has his profile kind of gone down a little bit? Because if you watch the way they've played really past three, four, almost even five weeks, he's having an accuracy problem. And it's looking at me like he's not really taking advantage of running the ball either uh, it's it's a feel thing for me right now yeah first of all uh when you say you're messing up last names a little bit when i say kenneth walker i always say kenneth murray just because of the yeah. Oklahoma <laughs> I scouted. and so like i'm over here talking about heisman front runner kenneth yeah. murray and people are like what the hell are you talking who about? is that so, some uh, guy named kenneth murray in idaho's like wait what he's <laughs> on his couch like wait what me yeah no that's hilarious so, all right, with Desmond Ritter, yeah, I think that accuracy is still the big issue with him. You know what? When you look across his Cincinnati career, he's been really good. He's graded above 70 for us in all four years that he's been at Cincinnati, which means that he's been good. But this is the first year which he's above 80, and he's barely above 80. He's right at 80.4, and, yeah, he's still got the big-time throws, and that percentage is good. It's the second best of his career. Uh, turnover-worthy plays, I think, are a little bit better. But what you said there, and I think the big reservation with Desmond Ritter – he does enough good things for you, but is he going to be that assassin in the NFL? And a lot of people talk about Desmond Ritter as a potential QB one. And what does a QB one mean? Well, it means a top 10 guy, a top five guy, a, a number one overall potential player. And, and I just don't think that a lot of people are seeing that with Ritter yet. He's got a big arm. He's a tall dude. He knows how to throw it in there with distance and velocity, like, like we were speaking about earlier. Not quite to Malik Willis's level, but he still brings that to the table. The problem is, again, same with Willis. That accuracy isn't deadly. It's not the ball placement has definitely been an issue. And there are certainly times with Ritter, whether it's been the best defenses he's played or unfortunately some of the weaker defenses that he's played, he has not been able to really capitalize against some of those worst defenses. Yeah. And I think people just get scared. They're like, okay, if you're not dominating lower level college football competition, what's going to happen when you're, you're when you're in a divisional game? Let's say if he gets drafted by the Steelers, all right, you're facing the Browns defense, you're facing the Ravens defense. Like, I need that ball to go exactly where it needs to go mm-hmm. or uh, we're in trouble when it comes to yeah. the pro level. So I think that people are still reserved with Ritter a little bit because he's scattering the ball a little bit more than he should. Moving on to Kenny Pickett, people ask every year since Joe Burrow, people always ask, okay, who's the next Joe Burrow, right? Who's the guy who's going to come out of nowhere? Who's going to who's going to be the day three guy to vault himself into the first round? That's Kenny Pickett. That's been Kenny Pickett this year. He has been this year's Joe Burrow. Now, am I going to say that he's going to go number one overall? Am I going to say that he's going to win the Heisman? No, I certainly would not go that far. But you would be hard pressed to find somebody who's made more money this season than yeah. Kenny Pickett at it because he is just he has. In in a fifth year, right, a guy who has been in college for it feels like forever. He's had so many games under his belt. He knows what it's like to be a starter. And after last year, you just thought to yourself, like, okay, this is a good college quarterback. Kenny Pickett just kind of is who it is. Everything, just like Joe Burrow, was elevated this season for almost no reason at all other than it just <laughs> a, a, a switch just flipped. Sometimes in it back clicks. Of his head. 
Yeah. And and that's what and that's what it is with Pickett. His feet are fantastic. His vision is great. He's so good pre-snap and post-snap, knowing exactly where he wants to go with the ball. He's been fantastic in his intermediate and deep accuracy. And you know, of course, the rest of the team hasn't been great around him. And you're seeing a couple losses with Pitt because of that. But this dude's made so much money. I think that he's absolutely in the first round conversation. Not quite to the record-breaking level that it was mm-hmm. for Joe Burrow with him doing what he did at LSU in 2019 and then number one overall. But Kenny Pickett's been awesome. If there has been a riser that people have really started to believe in, maybe even as a potential QB1 in this all-over-the-place class, it's definitely been what we've seen from Pickett. Uh, without a doubt. And speaking about Desmond Ritter, I mean, he's got all the tools, and that's great. But if you asked me to come fix your direct TV dish and you gave me all the tools, I wouldn't know how the hell to do it, even with all the right tools. So you can have that. You have to have the tools, but you need to know how to use them as well. Uh, last thing here, two wild cards just real quick, Trevor, and I'm going to get you out of here. Bo Nix and Will Rogers. What are your thoughts there? Man, Will Rogers, I got to see him in person a couple of weeks ago when he was in Vanderbilt. And uh, it's, it's kind of that same thing, right? It, Will Rogers, he's got a nice arm to him. He knows how to press it deep down the field. He's got that confidence with him within that leech offense. But does the leech production really translate to the NFL? I think that people are certainly going to wonder that. I would certainly expect Will Rogers to, at the very least, be a day three quarterback with all the reps that he's gotten, how familiar he is with throwing touchdowns and operating an offense. I think that he especially knows how to do things in the spring. And so, you know, he's he's a guy who's, I, I think, more quiet in this quarterback class, but he's somebody who I think, it, it, of course, is going to get drafted. And then Bo Nix, man, this is uh, this is the ultimate wild card, right? Because you look back at Bo Nix's career and uh, he somehow turned that one second half against Oregon into a whole hype train for like two years. And now here we are. <laughs> I do think that he's playing a little bit better, but Bonix to me still just feels much more of like a college quarterback than he does an NFL quarterback. The decision making, uh, the game, the gamesmanship is there. Everybody loves the wow plays, but the consistency, the down to down basis, where that ball is going, how it's getting there, it's just still not at the level of consistency that I think that it would need to be for him to be a full time NFL guy. He'll give you those highs. He'll give Auburn a chance, and I think that why Auburn's actually been really exciting this year is because obviously Bo has taken his consistency up a little bit but it's it, it's kind of it's like what we talked about with Kenny Pickett and now I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm walking backwards because Kenny turned it around but it feels like Bo just kind of is what he is he, he's yeah. this college gamer type of quarterback who man when it comes to the NFL those windows of consistency have to be so on point and we mm-hmm. just have not seen that even through the success when it comes to Bonex. Yeah, I don't know if anybody can benefit more from an offseason with Mike Bobo. He's one of the best quarterback coaches in the country. We've already seen kind of a change with him. But, Trevor, I appreciate it, brother. Uh Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Tell everybody where they can find your work. Yeah, of course. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, everything we got going on over at PFF. I mean, it's the... I, I, I'll tell you, man, it's the best place to get all the stats, all the premium uh, grades and, and all the snap counts, all the info, whatever you want for any team, any player, pff.com gotcha. And uh, watch the college football show. We got a co- we have a live college football show uh, every Friday at 11 a.m. We're having a lot of fun on there. Like I said, appreciate you guys having me on anytime. Definitely, Trevor. Thanks, buddy. Stay safe out there. You too. That's how you break down quarterbacks yeah, in the draft that was class. Great. <laughs> you want to see how to do it? That's how you do it right there. Let's get to the booster club line. What are they screaming? Uh, yeah, I was going to get this early. We have a $5 dono from DJ Barber. Ooh, DJ. And he says, happy birthday, Jake. Have Thank a you. cold soda on the booster club. <laughs> nice. Yes. Will, I will. I will. handshake at the end of it. Nice, too. for sure. Right so, back at you. you know, so I'll put a poll out. All put right. a poll. Who, who would you draft first out of these three? Matt Corral, Malik Willis, or Kenny Pickett. Mm. Who would y'all who would y'all take? Matt Corral. You taking Matt? Give me Matt Corral. Yeah, taking Matt. I'm taking Matty Ice. All right. Uh, it was 41% Matt Corral, 32% Malik Willis, 27% Kenny. I, nice. I, you know what? I agree wholeheartedly yeah. with the way that poll was conducted. That sound, that that checks out. The math checks out. What questions do we got, Blaine? Yeah, we got a question here from David Elam. What is the patience level going to be for the Hog fans if they get rolled at home by Mississippi oh, State? We question. were talking about this today. I don't today. want that to happen, but I, but I don't have a good feeling for my Hogs for the rest of the way. David, when are you coming to pick me up in the private jet? That's the first question I'm going to ask. Pick us. Pick us up. up. I'm sorry, in the private jet. Uh, look, look this is a huge game. We, we talk about Arkansas has played some big games. This may be the biggest one of the year, honestly. With yeah. what's happened. You know, they've lost three in, three SEC games in a row. You get Pine Bluff, then a bye. They need to get back on the momentum train a little bit. Uh, you want to make sure, if you're Arkansas, you want to go to a, a good bowl game. Keep that momentum going. I don't see them falling flat on their face this weekend. They've gotten healthier. And people say, oh, well, Mike Leach and them just beat Kentucky at home. Mississippi State's playing good. 
It's the Mike Leach experiment, people. I'm telling you, it's going to go like this. It's going to go like that. He's done it at Washington State. He did it at Texas Tech. Hell, they probably did it at Iowa Wesleyan with, with Hal Mummy and everybody there. But I'm going to get to this 12-team playoff. I want to go back to the Booster Club, though, if we got any more questions. Yeah, we had a question here from the Salty Dog, hashtag <laughs> Ash yeah. Boy. If you can make one QB wide receiver, wide receiver pair, pairing from history, who would it be? Examples like Joe Burrow and A.J. Green or Matt Corral and Calvin Johnson. Uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you talking about? If you could pick. Any combo. Any combo. From any team. Welcome to McDonald's. What combo are you want? <sighs> um, yeah, you can give me give me Brett Favre and give me ooh, the wide receiver is a good one. Give me prime D Hop. Give me Brett Favre and Wait, DeAndre any Hopkins. Any combination. Any of quarterback combination. and receiver. Give me ever. Brett Welcome Favre and DeAndre Hopkins. Have any combination. Do you realize the back shoulders that Brett Favre would be firing to Hopkins? Man. You talk about like who'd the. You, who'd, you, who'd you take, Con? Give me Danny Marino and Calvin Johnson. Wow. Ooh. Really? Well, who do you got, Blaine? I want Cam Newton and Randy Moss. Ooh. Ooh. Randy Moss. Randy. Randy. I used to Randy's a You go dog. watch Marshall highlights. Oh. It's disgusting. It's like an adult playing against kids. <laughs> it's like when your dad plays you like 12, when you're 12 years old in basketball and you like score a point the and he gets pissed and like starts really playing against you. But all right, speaking about playing. I want to get to our 12-team playoff and the matchups that could be created because it's absolute madness and awesomeness, and I just really wish we would just go ahead and make this 12-team playoff. Alliance! <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I had something caught in my throat there. Let's, let's get that bad boy out there. Here's what we got, baby. The one seed, or the, the top seeds. I love that I can say this about college football. It's so mm-hmm. There's so many college <laughs> basketball five, correlations here. Five. Yeah, yeah, a little 12-5, you know, <laughs> 7-10. You never know. You never it could know. get weird. Uh, Georgia 1, Bama 2. Ohio State 3 and Michigan State 4. And I understand they're going to play each other. This is just where we have it right now. This is our top 12. All right, let's start in the top left. Cincinnati, is that the – I can barely read that. Is that the 8-9 game? 8-9 Cincinnati eight, versus nine, Michigan. 8-9 Cincinnati versus Michigan. Neutral field. Neutral field. Give me Michigan. Give me McNamara. Don't give me a ton of J.J. McCarthy right now. I know we <laughs> went in on Jim Harbaugh, but I think they're good enough to beat Cincinnati. What say yeah, ye? I'll take them too. Yeah, give me the – Jim Harbaugh, Michigan Wolverines. Yep, wear your cleats inside. All right, we'll go underneath. We have a new team here. Auburn has entered the chat. They look good in there. Auburn has entered the chat at number 12. Uh, excuse me, is that, that 12 or 10? That's 12. That's 12. All right, five, the 512. The 512, Oklahoma and Auburn. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just do this? Why can't we just do Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we do this to ourselves? I just don't get it. Do you know 20 years from now when there's a playoff or after the first playoff how pissed everybody's going to be at Kevin Warren and them? Like, they're going to be like, what were you, what were you clowns it's doing? Not, it, it, it's – don't worry. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Right? It's going to happen. And the more we play this game, the more I get on board with it. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, really? I'm, telling <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. My ticket's fine. You talking about slippery slope <laughs> argument? Yeah, for sure. All, all right. Auburn and Oklahoma. I'm going to go last. Do, throw this in the chat. Auburn or Oklahoma? I'll go first. You go first. I'll go first. Give me the Auburn Tigers, man. Yeah. Hey, even though every Auburn fan, I think, wants me to take Oklahoma <laughs> right now. It's funny. You want A&M fans to go against uh, go against yeah. Auburn, and you want Auburn fans we'll, to go against we'll Auburn. Get. I'm trying to tell the A&M fans, that they math doesn't add it. up, bud. I know, I know. The give me the up. Auburn Tigers there we against go. the Oklahoma Sooners, Blaine, who are you man? taking, Oklahoma or I'm Auburn? Taking, I'm taking Auburn. Tank Bigsby's the Kobe McClain. Yeah, I, I think Auburn's offense, Oklahoma's defense is really? so bad. Really, all three of us. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Auburn there. I think Auburn wins mm. that game. 
right now. Caleb Williams, we know he's really good, but it's not like anything that, that this Auburn defense hasn't seen or mm-hmm. isn't going to see. So give me Auburn advancing. Give me Michigan advancing. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the other side. God, this is a great matchup, too. Wake Forest and Texas A&M. Now, I do know Auburn and A&M play each other this weekend, but we go Wake and A&M. Guys, I've got to lean Aggies here. I've got to go A&M. Man. I think that front... Give gets me. after Sam Hartman's ass, hey, man. The way they've been playing, man, give me A&M. Give me A&M. Give me A&M. All right, Blaine. You got, you got red face over there. You all right? Do you get hot wings? It's a tough matchup. Looks like you right just here. took goggles off. It's a tough off. matchup. Wait, give me, give me did someone say something in the chat? Yeah, are you, right? you emotional? Give me you get emotional? Give me wake. You're going wake. That's don't, why he's well, looking emotional. I mean, don't cry about it. Yeah. Well, well, he's, he's taking it's 2021. Wake. I can cry if I want to. Yeah, it's an emotional time. He's taking wake. Good. So we're not three for three. Good. I like that. I like that. All right, let's move on to the next one. What did the Boost Club say about Auburn, Oklahoma? They said anything yet? It's, I'll put a poll out. So All right, go. we'll wait. So we'll let, it, let it marinate. We'll let it marinate. We'll let it marinate. All right, All right so we got Oregon and Oklahoma State six oh. eleven matchup. This would be a fist fight. It's going to be 14 to 10. Give me – you know what? Give me Oregon. Okay. Yep, give me, me Oregon. I think ducks. they shut down Steve Sanders. Um, if they're healthy, right? Give, give me o- Ducks if they're healthy. Yeah, give me Oklahoma State. Really? Okay. I like that. Okay. Not yeah. a bad that, pick. No. I, I, if I you watch Oregon, 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 yeah, yeah. Oregon really does Oregon didn't do anything good. super flashy, but neither does Oklahoma State. True. Mm-hmm. Both play These are defense. not flashy teams. Oklahoma State's still going to get their opportunity they're here gonna, with Oklahoma. I'm telling you. They're going to get their chance here. All right. So we've got Alabama, Texas A&M, Oregon, Ohio State. Yours is a little bit different, Blaine, but Oregon, Ohio State. Ooh, a rematch. That is true. We got Auburn, Michigan State, and we got Georgia, Michigan. Break it down. First off, I'm taking Georgia over Michigan. I, I, I think we can lock it. We in. can agree yeah, on that I one. I think we're all three on the lock Auburn, the Michigan that. State. Man, this feels like a three overtime type game. Now you got to shut down Kenneth Walker. That's that's the thing. I mean, Auburn does have the defensive yeah, me, guys to do give it. Give me Auburn. Give me Auburn. Give me Auburn. I still feel like it's I'm a great going SEC over Big Ten. State. I don't think it Man. is either. I don't think Michigan State's really. And it's going to be funny after – because Michigan kind of hand, not handed in the game. They, Kenneth Walker did a really good job, but Michigan did some things yeah, but that Michigan let Michigan State, State back in the game. Michigan State won't get up for another game that much this year. Yeah. But still, they looked good, man. Um, I don't know. Auburn just has something going right now, and I think that despite how good Kenneth Walker is, I just think Bo Nix could find a way to make the difference. Uh, Michigan State's quarterback's not going to make the difference. I'll go Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go Auburn. I, I mean, it's it's close. I mean, the minute Man, right that's here. like yeah. a five-overtime game. Yeah, that man. is. That, that's, a, that's an absolute backroom brawl. I don't know why it's like Auburn wins that almost, I think, almost by ten points. No. Really? No. Well, did you watch I, Michigan State yeah, play I this did. weekend? Stop Kenneth Walker. You're going to win. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. easy. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Michigan's front. The difference is that Kobe McLean and Owen Papo. No, Michigan's front seven's good, too. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, look. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. did whatever he wanted. Of line scares me a little bit. Michigan State, yeah, like bad. in a good Should. way. They like they're they're yeah. pretty. They, they play pretty well together. All right, so we're gonna go. We're gonna Auburn majority there. Auburn majority there. So we've got Georgia in the final four. Auburn in the final four. Oregon and Ohio State in the rematch neutral field. I'm taking Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I will take Ohio State. I will take Ohio and State I do think too. that Oregon should be ranked ahead of them probably until that happens. But I just I, I'm not convinced that Oregon can win out this season, and I think I'm Ohio can win out. And yeah. if they were to play again right now, neutral site, uh, I take Ohio. You guys do realize, like if this is how it ended, that the right side of this bracket is two humongous rematches: Oregon and Ohio oh, State, yeah. and A and M and Bama. Okay, so let's get to that one. What do you got here in a I'm rematch going, neutral oh, site? Oh, Bama. 
Okay. Uh, look, look, you don't fool the Pied Piper twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you can do it once. You don't fool him twice. And you don't think they would get you talking about getting man? up? Yeah. Without uh, the 12th man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you play, would get Bama plays different Bama, yeah. and I can just feel the AM fans right now, especially in the Booster Club, saying, well, you know, we already beat him. Why can't we beat him again? Yeah. It's they the know. fact that you beat him lets me they think know. you would yeah. not beat them again. Yeah, and part of them doesn't care because they're like, hey, we, we already got him. We got him. They're in the playoffs. So we're good. Yeah. We're in the playoffs. Jimbo, we're good. Let's give it a 30 million. You did it. Jimbo, here's my daughter, please. Oh, my God. Here's my firstborn. All right, so we've got Alabama. Ohio, and we've got Georgia Auburn. <laughs> this would be so. Cool. Oh, that's a rematch, I, dude! I'm telling you, this is the move. It's the move, and it's the wave. Give me Georgia, and this game, man. This Alabama Ohio State game to me would be one of the I'm most classic you, Final Four man. games that we'd had. But I can't go against Commander Saban. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm gonna go. It's gonna be a Georgia. I'm gonna go ahead and be 100 percent honest with y'all right now, like I always am. It's going to be really hard for me not to pick Georgia playing Alabama in the Natty at this for point a rematch, yeah. uh, for a rematch until something changes. Yeah, I've season. got that right now, too. But I'll tell you, that Alabama-Ohio State game Man. could be like a Georgia-Oklahoma Rose. You, you remember that one? That, you remember that or, one? Or it could be like an Alabama, the Alabama-Ohio State matchup before when they yeah. had Zeke and all them, and it was high-flying and, and everything like and that. And Ohio Cardell that year. Yeah. Yeah. Running people Third-string yeah. quarterback. Yeah, Cardell came in and was like, wait, now I remember. Yeah. And you and, and Michigan fans asked me why we can't beat them. That was their third-string quarterback. Yeah, but God, and you know who their fourth-string quarterback? was yeah joe burrow okay joe burrow was riding four on the bench who put him heisman winner Wow, you man. Know, like, they won the championship. What are you no, going to say? I mean, like, they yeah, it worked out. It's like we're saying with Stetson right now. That's why everybody's <laughs> – I laugh and everybody's like, man, Jake Fromm shouldn't – Justin Fields would have won the national championship. I'm like, Jake Fromm did win the national championship. Y'all just gave up third and 28. Yeah, y'all blew it on defense. <laughs> he did everything he was supposed to do. Yeah. Everything he was supposed to do. But, no, isn't that so much – what's the Booster man, Club, Sam Blaine? That's fun. a lot of fun. Uh, Pickle Rick said Alabama would crush Ohio State. All right, I put it out there in a poll. Who wins in a playoff game, Auburn or Oklahoma? What do y'all think? I'm going to say... If I know this booster club... I'm going to say 62% say Auburn, 38% say... Uh, lose my mind, Michigan State. Or Oklahoma. Okay, I'll say... What you say, 63%? Don't price. I'll say Auburn. Right. <laughs> Come on Auburn. down. David Cohn, you're Ooh, next. 62 or 64. I'll go Auburn, 64%. You're right. Auburn, 70%. Oh, I'm done playing this game with you. Let's go. I'm you know what? You're going first next time. How about that? I've been well, wondering this whole season yeah, what it's no, going to take. I'm going to actually write that down on this piece of paper. <laughs> don't go first. Don't go first. Uh, we got a question here from D. Jameson Cantrell. Ah, I love that DJ. Hashtag Ask Boy. Can Auburn scheme on offense to handle that Aggie defense? I mean, yes. Look, Mike Bobo is unbelievable play caller and schematic. Yeah. That's why I always laugh during the offseason when everybody's like, Mike Bobo, <laughs> you guys are going to run it every play. It's like, dude, the dude led the conference in the Mountain West and Colorado State as a head coach in mm. passing. Like, people just think about what he did at George and the style that Mark Richter then wanted to run, and then you label that guy that guy forever. But you can see from a play-calling standpoint, from a getting quarterbacks ready standpoint, from an understanding what the defense has given you, the guy played the position for a long time at a high level. He's coached the position for a long time at a high level, not only as a quarterback's coach, not only as an OC, but as a head coach. So, to, to me, I'm not worried about the scheme. No, scheme won't be their problem. The scheme's not the problem. Mm -hmm. It's the personnel, yeah. and it's up front. Because I will, I, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. You have immaculate play callers that don't have personnel. 
that look like they have no idea what they're doing to somebody watching because it's not working. You may look, there's more. It's so frustrating as a coach watching and saying, okay, they're out leveraged over here. Perfect play call. And all of a sudden somebody whiffs on a block and it gets blown up before it gets where it's supposed to. The average casual fan says that's a horrible play call. But if you know what you're looking at, you're like, man, the, the player just didn't make a play. He didn't make the block. And Auburn up front, like you're going to see Barrett Sally talk about it here in a second, and he's right. The personnel that Auburn has on the offensive line scares me if I'm an Auburn fan going up against what AM has. DeMarvin Leal, and listen, I know they're not going to get up like they did for Bama, but it's Kyle Field. Okay, it's Kyle Field. It's a huge game. They're still in it. Auburn's still in it. This is going to be a madhouse. It's going to be nuts. They're going to meet up at midnight the night before and scream into the woods and scare all the animals. They're going to get. They're going to have that place jumping, and that place is electric. It's one of the most electric places in college football, and I think that's a really cool tradition. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not huge on the overalls, but it, you know, I think it's a great tradition. And whatever you know, this is. It's like, hey, Cone. Hey. hey. I said, hey. They see you the guys with the better jokes. I listen to like 45 yeah, seconds. Yeah, you got a better oh, jokes. God, you got a be- They're like, he was a pilot. He was an Alabama <laughs> fan. He crashed the plane. Ha, 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 all right. It's just cringe uh, to like, the dude, It's just cringe. Uh, it's like, come up with better jokes. Uh, so you have like Kevin Hart out there in overalls doing some cracking jokes. I don't know. Uh, but no, look, the scheme will be good. The run game to me for Auburn, if you noticed, and I will keep saying it, is you haven't seen really any 70-yard touchdown runs against good defenses. You haven't seen it. So I don't think you're going to see Auburn run for 350 yards and hit two 70-yard rushing touchdowns. They just have to continue doing what they're doing. The run has to be good enough that the defense has to respect both the run and the pass. It comes down to balance. Why is Auburn finding open receivers, especially in zone coverage? Because the play action works. The thought of Bo Nix off the play action or the RPO is a threat it's a problem they have to keep not the illusion because they've been able to do it but the ability to run just good enough to make you honor both of them that's the key in my opinion yeah we've got a question here from david heron what's up dave david right hey he was rocking the j-boy show shirt in nassau Mm. looked great david love it stud absolute just pure he says how does a two loss bama make it to the playoffs if there are multiple one loss teams i don't think two loss bama makes it the playoff because that second loss because okay when Either way, if they lose two, I don't think they're in. But the only way I could see if a bunch of dominoes fell around them, Oregon loses again, Ohio State loses again, Michigan State loses a bad game. You know, I don't think Cincinnati, I think they would put Cincinnati over a two-loss Alabama. I really think they would, just them. I'm not saying it's right, but I think they'd do it. But I think there's a big difference to Alabama losing during the regular season or did you lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game? Because if you lose to and Auburn, maybe a top 10 Auburn. To me, you're not going to the SEC championship anyway, so it's a moot point. But if you roll through that, if you roll through what they have left, LSU, whatever, whatever, Auburn, and then you get to the SEC championship and you lose a close game, if dominoes fall around you, I still think there's a chance. And listen, guys, and and Alabama's earned everything that they've gotten. But Nick Saban's the coach. They're going to give him the benefit of the yeah, doubt. So the man's responsible for like 30% of all the all the revenue that comes into the SEC, which means he has a big slice of the revenue he's responsible for in college football. If they can find a way to get Alabama and Nick Saban in, I promise you they're going to do one it. One call. That's all. That's all. That's exactly right. All right. Speaking about one call, we got Barrett Sally coming up right here. Great conversation. We talk about the college football playoff, the SEC West, Oregon or Ohio State, and I think you're going to find the debate pretty good.
All right, everybody, one of our favorite guests to bring in, and it's a great time of year to bring him in. And, and I also have to say he's a connoisseur of great baseball, as you can see with the Braves attire that he has, uh, hoping that the Braves can finish it tonight on my birthday. That'd be pretty sweet. But as a Braves fan and Barrett, I think you can agree with me here. I am going to be disappointed until I'm not disappointed, and I'm going to be pessimistic <laughs> until there is a reason to be optimistic. Barrett Sally, CBS Sports HQ. Thanks for hopping on, bro. Yeah, my pleasure. That's the way the Atlanta sports fan has to live, right? You have to go in expecting the absolute worst, but also know that there's a certain level below that that is attainable only (laughs) by Atlanta sports. And so that's that's where I am mentally. Um, I've I've given up on superstitions. I've given up on everything. I am just going to enjoy the ride. And hopefully either today or tomorrow we're celebrating a World Series um, again, I've, we've been in this spot before, at least in terms of false hope. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we finally get that monkey off our back tonight. And I, I, look, I don't know if my heart can handle a game seven. Though. Yeah, I, look, I can't, I can't mentally and physically put myself through what I know the Braves are going to put me through. I'm going to be there fighting. I'm going to be there fighting 100%. I'm going to yeah. be chopping on and doing all that. But deep down in places I don't want to talk about, I'm worried, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm low-key worried. But, Barrett, uh, something that, that is worrying a lot of people, and, and this year it's actually fun to talk about because it's not the same four teams we talk about every single year, and there's actually other options, is the college football playoff. I mean, it comes out tonight, today, whatever you want to call it. Who is Barrett Sally's top four right now, if you don't mind, B? Right now, my top four, at least in terms of my rankings, are uh, Georgia. I think I have Cincinnati two, uh, Alabama three, and Oklahoma four. I don't think – I mean, look, I, I vote kind of just based more on resume than I test. Uh, but I don't think the committee is going to do that because I think the committee is going to look at Cincinnati, especially the way they've played the last couple of weeks, and knock them down a little bit. They, generally speaking, uh, have not given group of five teams any credit whatsoever. And I actually don't think they're going to give Notre Dame a ton of credit, which certainly hurts Cincinnati as well. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to – the interesting part is, A, what happens with Cincinnati, because I don't believe they control their own destiny right now. I don't and either. B, do they control – do they work, worry about the eye test with uh, Ohio State, or do they credit the win over uh, with Oregon over Ohio State more? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be an interesting talking point after this is done. Yeah, for sure, and, and I'm interested to see how they play it. And, and in my monologue, I talked about Cincinnati Barrett. I just don't believe that they're one of the top four teams in the country. And I look at that schedule, and and I, I'm a firm believer in two things can be true at once. I think this is the best group of five team that we've seen. I, I really do, from top to bottom, yeah. including 2017 UCF. I hate to hurt Mackenzie Milton's feelings on that, but it's what I believe. But when I look at what Cincinnati has done and who they've beaten, and more importantly, and you said it, the way that they have played. And I'm going to tell you right now, that SMU game to me smells funny. If they keep playing the way that they're playing. I mean, you look at the way they played against Navy. Desmond Ritter seems to be off. There seems to be some, you know, I don't don't even want to call it a chemistry problem. He's had those receivers forever, but a timing problem, an accuracy problem lately. And, I mean, that was a two-lane team that, I mean, they were down and and giving up, I think, 43 points a game. So, to me, when I'm looking at it, uh, I've got Georgia. I've got Bama. I've got Ohio State three. I've got Michigan State four, and they get to play each other, so it'll work itself out. But the Oregon-Ohio State question to me is fascinating, Barrett, because to me it's it's philosophically what you believe as the committee. I believe if both teams end up with one loss, you have to put Oregon in there, don't you? How, how could you not? Yes, you have to. You have to. And and here's the thing, too. I, if, if Ohio State is above Oregon, the rationale would be, well, they're better right now and they've played a tougher schedule. 
I don't know if they've played a tougher schedule. Uh, right? Well, where's the signature win for Ohio State? <laughs> right? Yeah, like, no, you're 100% they might correct. Have one, they might have one with Michigan. They might have one with Michigan State. They might have one in the Big Ten Championship game, but they don't really have one right now. So if, if they're going to say, okay, the Pac-12 is not as strong as the Big Ten, oh, yeah, 100%. That's completely accurate. But Ohio State hadn't played those good teams in the Big Ten yet, at least mm-hmm. most of them. So that's that's why I'm interested, because if they put Ohio State above Oregon, they're doing it off of name recognition. They're 100%. not going to say that. They'll never say that. But that's what's happening. And yeah. uh, again, when all is said and done, I don't think it'll matter if both of those teams are on the table. Oregon will get in. Uh, but if if they try to sell you that that it's anything other than name recognition, they're lying to you because yeah. really the the power of the big te- the power of any conference right now is irrelevant. It's the power of the team's opponents so far in that conference, and mm-hmm. they generally speaking like to either ignore that or lie that it's a factor. Yeah, and, and the way I'm looking at it's like this, because to me, I think you've got you've got to look at it, you know, as a trajectory standpoint. Right now, if Oregon played Ohio State, in my opinion, on a neutral field, I think Ohio State would be the favorite, especially with Verdell out. People forget yes. that C.J. Verdell is out for Oregon, and that he was their guy uh, offensively. He was really the guy you had to game plan against, which opens up other areas. But my saying is, and people say, okay, Jake, well, how can you put not put Oregon in your top four and say what you said? Mine is at the end of the season, because – most likely yeah. this will work its way out. One of those two teams is going to lose a game. I, I could probably, I would be willing to bet against the field that one of those two teams would lose. But at the end of the day, if we get to Selection Sunday, whatever you want to call it, and you pick those Final Four, and Oregon has one loss, and Ohio State has one loss, because whenever we have tiebreakers, Barrett, in anything, the first thing you typically look at is, okay, did they play head-to-head, right? That, that's how you, most, yeah. most of the time you end any tiebreaker, did they play head-to-head? Not only did they play head-to-head, but Oregon went to Ohio State and beat yes. them. To me, that's a cherry on top. This wasn't the Chick-fil-A classic in Atlanta where you're on a neutral field, and I would still take Oregon if, since they had beaten them. But since it was on the road, to me, I think that's kind of the icebreaker there, but I don't think they'll both finish with one loss. But I want to move on while I got you here, Barrett, and I want to talk about this SEC West. Because to me, this is the most – right now, it's the most exciting battle in college football division-wise. You, there's a couple other arguments you could make, but the SEC always goes to the forefront, in my opinion. And who would have thought – week three, week four, even week five, that we'd be sitting here looking at this Auburn-Texas A&M game saying, this has some implications because Auburn controls its own destiny, and if they beat Alabama and lose to A&M, A&M gets in if they went out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a huge game, obviously. Texas A&M sort of hoping to muddy the waters, obviously, because uh, a win, head-to-head wins over two of the teams that they'd probably be tied with would get them in. There's no doubt about it. You wouldn't get that round robin that you had in 2008 with the Big 12. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that that's enormous for Texas A&M. And then, you know, for Auburn, it's not only a chance to stay in the race, but to me, I mean, they still sort of have outside college football playoff hopes. I mean, it would take yeah. an extraordinary set of circumstances. But if you go out there and you're Auburn and you run the table, that would include a win over Alabama and would include a win over Georgia. You, you got to be in. That you got to put them in, Barrett. You, you got to put them so, in. Yeah, that's the thing is, is I don't want to necessarily sit here and say Auburn controls its own playoff destiny because they don't. But, I mean, you, you win out. If you're Auburn and you win out, you might only need one domino to fall. Mm-hmm. And in this year, 
that's pretty fair to say that there are going to be a few more dominoes to fall. So it's a huge, huge game. Uh, I like the fact that Auburn, since uh, Bo Nix got benched, that it's they've sort of found a happy medium between you know keeping him fundamentally sound with his footwork, but also letting him be backyard Bo. Uh, I think beforehand, you know, he kind of just wanted to be that backyard quarterback, and then the light went on when he got benched, and it's like, oh, okay, well. I can be successful doing both. That's great. And that's what they've been able to do. I like the fact that they ran the football last week, despite the fact that their offensive line has not been as great as, as a lot of folks you know, seem to think. And it's Agreed. really hard for me to trust Texas A&M's offense. I know the Alabama game was what it was, but it's just hard for me to trust that, that Texas A&M offense right now. No, I agree. And, and as we wrap up here, you know, Barrett, too, uh, the way I look at this Bo Nix situation is it's almost like he was like an abstract artist at first. Like he just go one of those people that just like go in there and throw paint against the wall and yeah. when they're pissed off and it just creates something. And Mike Bobo has turned him into a more traditional artist. Like, listen, we're going to color in between the lines. You can still do what you want to do, but we're going to try and make it more organized. I think it's a good blend like you talk about. But last question here, and, and this one to me, uh, I, I find it fascinating, and and you know they have a chance where where you know if Alabama were to make it and they were to play Georgia and beat Georgia, you could see a rematch of that game in the playoff because Georgia gets in if they go undefeated and lose the SEC championship game. I still believe. How big is the gap between Alabama and Georgia right now, in your opinion, this year? I still think it's pretty significant. I wouldn't say significant like in terms of of what it is between Georgia and Florida, but I do think that Alabama still has some flaws. I think their offensive line at times is is not where it needs to be. The fact that they got pushed off the ball by Texas A&M and Florida in road Mm -hmm. games is concerning, especially considering they have to go to Jordan-Hare, which is a place they hadn't won since 2015. So I, I don't think Georgia really is capable of having those lulls, right? Like, yeah, yeah. the offense is not super, super explosive. It's because it doesn't have to, have to be. Stetson Bennett is still over 10 yards per attempt. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I think to for me, it's Georgia's a complete football team. Tex, or, uh, Alabama is not. And if they can become that, then yeah, the gap is pretty narrow. But right now, they, they really haven't proven. And then last time out, you know, Tennessee, you know, I, th- I think they go for 10, 10.1 yards per attempt through the air. Like, this is supposed to be a great Alabama defense, and it's not right now. So that's, that's yeah. concerning as well. So I think they can, can become that. They can become elite, but they're not there yet. And we know that the biggest team concept you know, that people had to pick in between whether you were Team Jacob or Team Edward. I think that was his name on Twilight. Are you Team Stetson or are you Team JT? I'm Team Stetson right now because he, I mean, look, I understand that he did not have a great game against Florida, but he didn't have to do anything in the second half. They didn't ask him to do anything in the second mm-hmm. half, and he can run. And I think there's that element that I think makes him incredibly valuable. But I think the luxury is that if, you know, Georgia's defense redefines shootout, right? You're not going to get into a 40-point game with Georgia. No. A shootout against Georgia's defense means they gave up 24, 28 points, right? Yeah. And Stetson can get into those games. Now, if he falters, then you can put JT in and be fine, and vice versa, you know? So I think it's a luxury that they have both of them. I'm Team Stetson right now. I think he's fully capable and deserves to be the starting quarterback. But I think both of those guys understand that it's perfectly fine to play a two-quarterback system if the end game and the goal is to win a national championship because both of Mm -hmm. those guys can lead that team to a national championship. 
Agreed. Barrett, I always appreciate your time, my friend. Everybody check him out. CBS Sports HQ. He's everywhere. If it involves college football, follow him on Twitter. It's easy to find. Uh, Barrett, chop on tonight, my friend. Let's go get it done. Chop on. Go Braves. I want to be hungover tomorrow morning. Hey, listen. Uh, they win it. You won't be the only one. I appreciate you, B. <laughs> What's the best pickle for a hangover? Wickles pickles. That's what it is. <laughs> Product placement. 2021. Get behind it. It's what or dreams are made over. of. It's what dreams are made of. Sweet, spicy dreams. It's, With a hint of friendship as well. It's paramount that you warn your brothers. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> it is. <laughs> wow. All right. Miles Brennan. Mm. Transferring from LSU. I'm on a boat. I'm on a <laughs> Wow, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. That's actually hilarious. All right, let's talk about destinations. We've gotten the lab, got the scientists together, yeah. ran a bunch of experiments, and the computer popped out four teams. And I, I think it's great. Some people will say North Carolina. Nah, not yet. I got four. Clemson. DJ's been a bust. You got to put some pressure on him. I love Cade Klubnick, the guy they have committed. But Clemson right now is not in a stage where you just try a freshman next year. Not after coming off this year. Next year is the revenge tour. It's revenge season. It's Dabo proving that they're not out of it, which I don't think they are. I think they go to the market and find a guy that can at least pressure DJ. And DJ may end up coming through this and being good, but right now the way I'm watching it, the way I'm watching him play, I don't see it. He looks nervous to throw the ball. Miles Brennan to Clemson would be a problem. Yep. South Carolina. Let's stay in the state of South Carolina. He can be the big-time guy that comes in. Shane Beamer uh, uh, inks Miles Brennan to come in and be the quarterback so they don't have to get the towel boy to be the quarterback anymore. <laughs> the King Arthur of South <laughs> yeah. Carolina. They had to pull a Bobby Boucher and hope. And Zeb did a great job a for GA, being man. a GA coming in. But if I'm South Carolina, you want a coup, you want, you want some momentum, bring in a guy that's proven he can you know, beat some teams from the East. Because, look, here's what i got to say about Miles Brennan before we do the last two. Miles Brennan is a really good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But we really haven't seen a lot from him. You beat Missouri, you beat Vanderbilt, and you played good against Mississippi State. And you got hurt, and they lost that game. Not, not his fault. But I don't think we can call Miles Brennan elite yet. No, I, don't th- I think sure I take not. Max Johnson over Miles Brennan. Yeah. I'm just saying that's just yeah. me. But he's better than a GA. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, but, like. oh, it's a huge step up. And Miles no Brennan, it's such a good fit for me. Miles Brennan to South Carolina would be such a good fit. I, Don't sleep on Shane either. I think, the, I think the best fit is coming soon. In okay, case. here's number three. Notre Dame. Just feels right. Jack Cohn Sr. Feels right. I know they recruit well. Kid went to St. Stanislaus in high school. I'm not a religious theologian, but that sounds Catholic yeah, to me. I know, I know he's not a mobile guy, but he's just Ian Bookish, maybe. You remember he's that not, guy? Ian was but, mobile. Man. I he know, was but, T-Mobile. But, you know, you see Notre Dame, you see having, having a little bit of a name there at that QB spot, right? A well, little bit Brian, of a guy He's there. perfect for Brian Kelly's system. For Jack sure. Jack Cohn. Jack, Can't throw it. Look, Jack, Adam Elton, who we're going to bring on in seconds, <laughs> faster than Jack Cohn is. Yeah. Like, uh, my, Jack Cohn makes Miles Brennan look like Lamar Jackson. Like, but to me, it's a great fit for Brian Kelly's offense. And he's experienced. Yep. I think it's a great fit in Notre Dame. Then the last one, a team we've been talking about, Desmond Ritter, is is gone after this year. They're going to the Big 12. Miles Brennan to Cincinnati. Mm. Luke Fickle. Those speak. are four good ones, man. Dude, st- I'm telling you. The stars are aligning. Not, Clemson, South Carolina, Notre Dame, and Cincinnati. Give me a better four. Give me or Just give me some. What is the Booster Club saying? The Booster Club saying anything? Just get a dive in there. Um, well, we do have a donation. Well, let's hit it. If y'all want to hit that. Who is it? 
Shack or Jack. Shack it. $5 donation. Happy birthday, J-Boy. Thank you. Congratulations. This is also hashtag Ask J-Boy. How many different offensive plays do college teams run in games? How many different plays? Depends on who the coach is. Well, you got runs and you got passes. Let me ask you again? Yeah, ask me again. How many different offensive plays do college teams run in games? Okay, if you're talking about plays that are different, okay, Tim, you have your base plays, okay? You have your base. This is what we do. But you're always working on changing the formation because you have to fight your own tendencies, right? You typically self-scout week three, week four, and you keep doing it the whole year. Uh, If you're saying, all right, we're going to run 60 plays, let's just use an an even number, right? Even number. 60 plays on offense. If you're going to run 60 plays on offense, I would say that you would have probably – you would probably run around – probably 35 different plays because you're going to have a lot of your base runs that you run. If you're an up-tempo team, your playbook's not nearly as big because the faster you go, to me, that the, the smaller the playbook has to be, and that's the trick. Who can put the most in while going the fastest typically wins the tempo race. But you, what you see is when, when you're talking about different plays, if we're talking about, all right, am I going to run inside zone or am I going to run counter or am I going to run trucks or am I going to run GT – You'll get a lot of different plays like that, but it's all within the base that you have and you build off of the base. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at those play cards, these call cards that coaches have, you typically have the ones that are really big, and then you look at Mike Mm -hmm. Leach's that is really small. The ones that are really big, a lot of that is different formations. A lot of that is formational. Because you can run the same play out of different formations. I just don't know if we're calling that a different play. Like To answer his question properly, you just made the best point. Because it's like, look, you can run inside zone out of multiple different formations. Like at, At Michigan, we rarely ran the same play more than once. So if you're talking about 60 plays a game, I'd say 50 of ours were different. Yeah, like and we'll see again. I'm trying to find the difference. Consistent in, oriented. I, I, if we're talking about plays from different formations, yes. you're exactly right. If or we're talking motions. about just the name of or the play. Motions, oh, yeah. You know? Again, there's tags. Look, in today's college football, there's so many tags off everything. You can call the RPO the same play, but you can have three different three outcomes. Three different options. So, I mean, exactly. at the end of the day, it's, it's a great question. It's a tough question. Go ahead. Got a $20 dono. Oh, oh. to the club. <laughs> DGD podcast. DG He says, Happy birthday, Jay, uh, Jay Boy. Go get a Pesquale's pizza courtesy of the DGD. Ooh, I may get some of those meatball dunkers. What? Uh, uh, did anybody say anything about Miles Brennan? Is there another school that they're saying in there that we didn't cover in the four? Um, not, li- uh, not a lot of Miles Brennan talk, but Dash Sports Media did say Astros in seven. I want, no, you, to, I want you to personally deliver a message to me to Dash Sports. Okay. Chop on. <laughs> Chop on hard. Booster Club roast him. Booster okay, Club roast him. Clay, Get uh, that man. Boo, we have a question here from Clay man. Schratter, and he says, Clay Travis? No. Oh. Uh, Clay's in? Clay's Schra- in here? Clay Schratter. I'm going to mute both of you. Okay. <laughs> with what? You and what army? Can UGA beat Bama with Stetson at quarterback? Yes. Yes. I, I, I 100% believe that. Again, can they score more than 24 points against Bama? Yes. That's what it comes down to for me. All right, so those are the best four. Nobody in the Bush Club disagrees. If you're out in the Twitter sphere, if you have another school that you think is either better than this or we should add to this list, hit us up at the J-Boy Show or at Blaine Crane. Our Cones, what's yours? Like David M. Cone? My Twitter? Twitter. I have no idea. Yeah, it's something at like David. David Adam Cone. Yeah. It's, it's just there to retweet it's J-Boy. Act, it's active. No, you've been more active. I've, you know, I've gotten me more you've active. You've gotten pretty active. We've activated you. Says, yeah. Yeah. Get a little physical I'll, on Twitter yeah. these days. Sleeper huh? cell I'll go look up what my handle is. All right, yeah. we'll look it up. Look at you. Put in <laughs> look at us. Look at us. Who'd Who'd have thought? Thought? I put in work. Stop Not copying me. me. Why do you copy me when I say that? Look at you. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Who are you? Happy birthday. Thanks, man. You're welcome, bud. All right, so let's get to Monkey Gate. Speaking about happy birthdays, 
This was not a happy Halloween for... I can't believe this is a real thing. I just can't believe this really happened. I thought it was a joke. Twitter was on fire last night. So apparently Jeff Banks, okay, if you don't know the story, allegedly, and I'm going to say that in front of everything, just to protect myself, CYA, Jeff Banks married... I guess he left his previous situation family-wise. Again, I don't know the whole situation. Left that to marry an exotic dancer Mm. that has a pet monkey. It's not a joke. I wish we could make this up because we'd be talented. Yeah, this is – so he leaves uh, leaves them to go marry an exotic dancer, a dancer of exoticness, who's known as the pole assassin, which, uh, you know, is whatever he – person wants to grow up to be and a kid this is texas special teams coach okay jeff banks the monkey bit a kid now the kid's fine what i heard first off why do you have a pet monkey and second off i guess that's the first time texas has held on to something all year there it is (laughs) there it is boom 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 how how does this how did we get here how did we get here you first off and i I love animals. I feel like there's a special place in hell for people that treat animals bad. But why do you have a pet monkey? I just don't think monkeys are supposed to be pets. Not that monkeys aren't cool or that I wouldn't go, you know, if you had a trained monkey come in here, I'd let him hang out, whatever, walk around, be hilarious. But I'm not bringing him home and feeding him like it's my cat. He was the pole teacher. Our dog. He was the pole pole teacher. He was the pole teacher. No, apparently that's right. The monkey was part of the whole. Of the act. Of the act. So you had a trained Acting monkey bite a child. I'm going to tell you what. I've never seen a monkey, and I don't have kids yet. But if a monkey beat my kid, we'd find out why we got out of the food chain really quick. Depends on what type of monkey is. I I don't care. Okay, yeah. I I don't care if if it was. If a chimpanzee is running around. What do you think they have to run the other way? That Blaine already bought the rights to this, okay, to make this into a film. The, the, oh. This is Blaine's next feature this film. Is Have I told you about my first script? <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to hear this. Nobody wants to hear about aliens so, versus inner earth. It's no. outer space versus inner <laughs> earth. Get it right. Outer space it's a winner. versus inner earth. It's he's a winner. use, okay, the revenues from that to make this film. Yeah. To make this film. Yeah. Monkey oh, in around. This will be a 30 for 30 Monkey one day. In around. Monkey in around. Oh, it'll be a 30 for 30. All right. It'll be a 30 what we got 30. now? Picks? All right. We're going to go to picks. I just can't believe that story. <laughs> I just I don't know where to go with that. Where do you go with that? Do you fire him? Do you fire the coach because his pet monkey bit a kid? Is there a don't let your pet monkey bite a kid on Halloween clause in the contract? It's my, in there. My favorite they throw thing everything is in there. What the players? I bet oh, the players are oh, laughing oh, and just ragging I don't, on them. And I bet it's hilarious. I bet it is one of the funny. That next special teams meeting, if he's still there, which, I mean, again, he might be. I don't, I don't know the situation. Dude, you don't think those 18 to 22-year-old uh, young men mm. are going to have some fun with that? How many monkeys? How many? Pe- how many fake? How many fake toy monkeys are going to be brought in, into that mm. thing? Just hanging on the shoulder, like Curious George. <laughs> Guess what? That wasn't Curious George. That was his evil twin, angry Georgetta, whoever it is. But all right, let's get to picks, and we have a special guest picker today. It was a human being created by David Cohn and Darby Lou Cohn, and his name is Adam Elton Cohn, future five-star quarterback. He's like a month old, but he's already six foot two, 174 pounds. You can see him right now. We're gonna we're gonna click the camera over there. Cohn's got there he is, and he's rocking the J Boy bib. He's got the J Boy pants from the Booster Club collection that's setting the fashion world on fire. We fly out to Milan in three weeks. He's rocking it. It's looking great, and he's gonna make a pick tonight. 
He's going to make one. a pick. He's, He's got a come winner in, in the little book. I can't believe we got him here. He I can't believe we got him here. He was booked up this week. It's amazing. They've got another shoot of baby geniuses next week, which we're not going to have him for. <laughs> um, but all right, we got three games tonight. We got some action. We're going to start with me. Okay. We're going to go to BZ, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go to you, Father Cone. Give him to us. All right, here's what I got. Father. Father, his farger. His what? Oh, he's saying his father. father. Oh. Fa- father. Father. Okay, here's what I got. And, man, it felt weird to do this because I watched Akron play Auburn, and it was just, ugh. Give me Akron 20 and a, plus 20 and a half at home against Ball State. I know Akron's defense. I know it's a tough pick, Adam Elton. I get it. I get it, and we're gonna. You're gonna have time to make your picks. Please don't make He's fun of me in front of all these people. Right He's now. not happy about that. Give me. I'm starting to rethink it. Um, <laughs> Akron plus twenty and a half, and then give me the Akron TTP over seventeen and a half. So I'm riding with the zips. I've never asked y'all to do anything. I've never asked Akron for one thing ever. This is it. It's your birthday, Tonight's man. Tonight's tonight. It's my birthday. Don't blow this. Come through. Yeah. Come through. All right. What do we got, Blaine? All right. I'm taking. All right, Ohio at home. The Bobcats. We're at home. Offense hasn't been great all year, but I feel like we we take a step this game. We take a step. We take this. We okay. and we lose this game by four. I'm taking Ohio seven and a half plus seven and a half at home. Okay. All right, and then I'm not taking a. a, a I just can't take an under in a matching game. I just can't do it. I respect. I it. just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the over in the Akron. Ball State game at 58 and a half. Let's go, Akron. Just put up some points. Hey, let's go, Akron. Wow. You got the over the there. Over wow. Good. Dude, I would love Not just a 45-44 score there. I got two unders. You got two, right. and then, Listen, then baby comes. What do you think, bud? One. What do you think? Let's say first half under Ball State and Akron. Under 30 and a half. Not I'll, getting there. Listen, I wouldn't be super 30 and pissed. a half. Okay, same thing. First half under Ohio and Miami of Ohio, 27 and a half. So oh, it's, it's under, under season today. Under season. And then Eastern Michigan. Look, Adam wants the boys from Ypsilanti okay. to go down the road there, go down 94 to Toledo, okay, with the points. Eight and a half. With Plus the points, right? You like that? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eastern Michigan covers Toledo. Okay, eight and a half. maybe they not. cover it. No, he likes it. I just think he's still worried about the Akron picks, which the more I think about you, it now, I'm starting to low key worry about You want it over? Did you want over? See nah, if he's happy. We're going no, under. He's good. Go under. Go under. All right. Scoring's well, hard. Baby Cone making a pick. Blaine's get to the booster club real quick. Where are you going? Well, oh, there's a oh, surprise to your oh right. My, oh, my yeah. gosh. Darby, you can bring it on here. Come on, Darby. Darby get in there. Are you guys for real? Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's an Oreo ice cream. <laughs> Reed told you this, didn't she? Did we, work, we work together. Oh, my goodness. Happy, happy birthday. Happy this guys. is your birthday Yikes. song. Thank you. Happy, happy birthday. It isn't very long. Nice. Hey. Nice. I thought that song was going to go longer. Hey, <laughs> thank you guys so much, uh, Booster Club. Thank you, guys. Level 32 today. We, we did it. Working on level 33. Make sure you lock those picks in tonight. I'm going to tweet them. I'm getting on the road right after this, though, but I want to go to the Booster Club. I have a beautiful cake in front of me, a bunch of helmets, wickles, pickles. What else do I need? Blaine, what is the Booster Club saying? Yeah, we have a $4.99 donation from Dakota Faulkner. Dakota, South or North. Happy birthday, homie, uh, and hashtag chop on. Elon drops off a time machine at the Hall of Fame. You can pick one to start tonight. Who you grabbing? Smoltz, Glavin, or Maddox? You give me Greg Maddox. I want it 89 and moving like a witch's wand. (laughs) Give me Greg Maddox. Great question. What else we got? Dude, this cake smells really good. Yeah, it does. Is this ice cream cake? Could be. Dude. 
could be. There was you some, guys, there was some coordination. Oh, There's some coordination. From Mike, hashtag Ash uh, J-Boy. In his presser, he said, I'm happy with our effort on defense. Then he said, we couldn't get off the field on third down. And he said, recruiting, recruiting seasons after the season. Does Dan Mullen make no sense? Look, I think Dan Mullen's been getting away with kind of just bulldozing these press conferences for a while. At Mississippi State, not a ton of people paid attention. Not that Mississippi State's not important, but they you know, were rarely in contention for anything super important, and Mississippi State was very happy to have them. At Florida, when it's going good and at these big places, you can act like that in the press conference. Not that I think you should act like that, but that's who Dan Mullen is. I just, I just think he's a PR nightmare. I just, I don't, I don't, he's not, you know, the, the, the lovable and you don't have to be Nick Saban isn't really lovable and Nick Saban uh, can come off kind of, you know, in a certain way in the press conference, but he's the greatest college football coach of all time. He can do that. You haven't, you, you haven't won the SEC even. You can't act like that. You, and <clears throat> excuse me, the way you guys are playing right now, you can't act like that. You can't, you can't be prickly like that and be kind of overbearing like that and condescending like that and be four and four yeah yeah i think you can't be an ass and lose games at the same that's time. that's exactly right you, you gotta pick one you better pick one you can be an ass and win yeah you can be whoever you want you can be whoever you want to be anything else from the boost club before we wrap it up and i get the this green cake, soldier cake, says cake. hashtag ask boy happy birthday thank you hope to stop by next week and uh see them boys in person go dogs oh hey mm. yeah, come on through and guys you guys know they're closed on tuesday and wednesday right here at the college football hall of fame close on tuesday or wednesday but look you can come in it's doesn't take a lot to get in here it's not expensive you can come hang out with us we'll throw balls in the net we'll throw cornhole which i think low-key i may reach out to johnsonville brats because i don't think i've i think i may be a professional cornhole player I hate to be like Man, that. I'll tell you what, you've been hot on the corner. Yeah, I'm telling you. Like, I'm closing my eyes now. That's now it's crazy. Just a, I'm, the, I'm the best cornhole player I know. Of Man, course you are. You are a dangerous team on the cornhole. We are, dude. And we've, listen, we, we have had some epic neighborhood, neighborhood cornhole battles in David. In Cone, you want to talk about backyard. hashtag most improved player. Oh, Cone, yeah. That's Cone, Cone goes got that, that aerial route. Down, Cone goes Once the you got that route. shot down, it was pretty to watch. The like, I'm arc. afraid it's going to get stuck on the roof when Cone throws <laughs> pretty it. Pretty to watch. And he's already yeah. seven foot three. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, Randy Johnson man. throwing a pitch. But, all right, guys, we appreciate y'all. It's been a great show. It's been a great Tuesday. Appreciate y'all uh, showing love on my birthday. Happy birthday, Make man. sure you go to thejboyshow.com, grab some merch. Look, subscribe to the volume, okay, and hit notifications. If you're not, what are you doing? Why, why are we wasting everybody's time here? Hit, hit subscribe. Hit the notifications. I want you to corral the notification button like Matt Corral. Wow. How about that? You want to pick it like Kenny Pickett? Woohoo! Bars, wow. Cone. That's pretty <laughs> Bars. Good. But guess what? I wouldn't nix it. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, we're done. Uh, but we appreciate you guys. Uh, like I said, make sure you subscribe to the volume. We're going to be here. Got a great show for you tomorrow. We could have a certain quarterback from a certain big-time team coming on uh, in the SEC. We're not going to tell you that you surprise Dr. yet. Right I did. Bit, right. Yeah. All right, but we two. appreciate you guys. And like Cincinnati's playoff hopes, after they play SMU, we're going, going. Oreo cake. God. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Associate producer, Blaine Crane. Audio engineer, Faison Sharif. Executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show. The Volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Oh, okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.